Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is Authentic Conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And I am sitting in the Anchorage, Alaska airport, ready to board a flight to head home. Home now is Newark Airport, Pennsylvania, is where we are now resident. And I'm sitting next to Ford Taylor because for the last week we have been leading a a heaven and business adventure retreat. So I'm just going to walk through some lessons and actually the 14 guests that we had on this trip, they're all business leaders from across the states. And what was it that they were most asking about and what we got out of it? So we're going to just give you a quick summary of that and then point to you where you can get the same questions answered. So first of all, uh, what did we do? Well, we arrived in Anchorage last week. We drove down to Seward, Alaska, which is one of the most beautiful drives on the planet. Phenomenal mountains, uh, just just absolutely stunning. I'd, I'd even say more stunning than New Zealand because of the size, but you've got to go to New Zealand to see such a compact, beautiful space. It was beautiful. We arrive in Seward. We're spread across three different uh, houses where we stayed. And then we spent the day, the first day around leadership, uh, getting to know who's there, who's present. Uh, We prayed over one another, had a great time. And the second day we all went fishing, 18 of us on a boat. We caught a boatload of halibut, of rockfish, and a, and a handful of salmon. And then we came back, and the, and the, second, the third day there, we, we split in two. So half of the people wanted to go more fishing, which was Ford Taylor. He would have fished every single day if we let him. And half of us actually went hiking. We got to see Exit Glacier. Uh, we got to go another hike. Just, again, saw bald eagles. It was truly a remarkable experience. And all along the way, on the boat, in the houses, at home, at night, eating phenomenal food. We had a chef with us. Just connect, 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 connect with like-minded business people. And that was one of the highlights that kept getting, uh, you know, pointed back to us. Love the connection, love the connection, love the connection. Then uh, the fourth day, we had another leadership day. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And then uh, we all went fishing again. That day was phenomenal. Pretty rough, but we caught a lot of salmon. And then we limited out on uh, rockfish again. And then we split again. So half of us went fishing, or forward again. And then uh, 10 of us actually went and attempted to climb Mount Marathon is about 3,000 foot elevation, average 40% incline. And oh, there was a moment near the top where I was literally spread eagles hugging the mountain on the scree, wondering, do I really want to go to the top? And I did, got to go with my son up the top. It was hard work, but well worth it. And just created an experience, a memory, something that is that I can point back to with my son, with a group of men. And then we debriefed together as a group yesterday before we all bailed out this morning. But Ford, thank you so much for for joining me and hosting this with me. Uh, For those that haven't met you, can you just give us just a brief bio of who you are, you young man? 
Yeah, a young man was, you know, I, I dye my hair this color gray so people don't realize how young I am. And yeah, young may not be the way to describe me. Uh, brief bio, born and raised in Paris, Texas. Went to school at Texas A&M. Uh, started a company there. Uh, we're very blessed. That company grew to the largest decorated sportswear apparel company uh, in America over a 16-year period. Uh, that rise to the top led to a lot of arrogance and pride when you see your name on the trade journals. And as you know, that leads to oftentimes a big fall. Uh, and after that fall, uh, holding a gun in my hand, uh, driving to the bridge of the river, having to confess to my wife, uh, my moral failures in our marriage. And uh, you know her and about her. And, you know, she's just the most loving, forgiving person on the planet. She forgave me. And thankfully, our marriage has been better than before. I mean, it's been not only restored, but far better than anything. Uh, I left that and now uh, started doing some one-off consulting work. Uh, that grew, so now we've started a company that does leadership training, consulting, executive coaching uh, in an online platform. So I love what I get to do now. Uh, so much of our training is the same kind of things you know, that we did in business all those years ago and found out later, as you know, Andy, that so much of what we did worked because there were so many kingdom principles in it and while we didn't necessarily know that and so now you know I get to, to do these kinds of things uh, get to travel globally and be able to go out and help other people with many of my failures and some of my successes yeah and you probably understated significantly some of the successes I th- think one of the things the most successful things is what you did in your marriage and the decisions that you made and based on Sandra and her decision to forgive and walk that out. But what you've walked out the last, what was that, 18, 20 years ago? I I stopped that behavior in 2000 and I confessed to her what I had been doing in 2002. So after two years of trying to get some healing, so yeah, it was uh, last month would have been 20 years when I confessed it to her and she forgave me. Yeah, and a profound difference, not only in you, but in the lives that you've been leveraging your own lessons and experience in helping others. I know I've personally benefited from the wisdom, the encouragement, the truth that you have brought to me. And I know that there were there was 14 business people plus four of us on this trip. So 18 all of up, us. And I mean, we come to a business retreat and we start at that, but uh, we ended up in a completely different direction. So come back a step. Uh, what was the primary question that people were asking for and we, we started on that second leadership day? Well, the, you know, when we ask them, you know, what would you like to go home with? Uh, the, the constant themes were direction, vision uh, for our personal lives and our company, uh, wisdom, you know, to be able to hear God's voice and have that wisdom uh, and to lower their stress. Those were the key common themes. And so when we came back, we, we showed them a process of how to have a vision, how to write that out. Uh, and in, the, in that process, uh, these other things bubbled up. And the number one thing that bubbled up was we want to be better husbands. We want to have better marriages. And so that was, as you know, that's fun for me because I love to focus on that. Even though I have this reputation, this business guru kind of guy, you know, I, I know when the marriages are good the businesses are just more successful. That's all there is to it. So we went through the process of what we call a VP Mosa. And as the men uh, wrote what they wanted on their tombstone, that's where we start. And then we asked them to write their eulogy or their obituary. You know, when you die one day, 
what do you want your wife to say, your children to say, your co-workers, your employees, uh, your city, your community, the people around you, the people you go to church with. And so they write their own eulogy, if you will, of what they want people to say. And then they list their values. We ask them to write six or 12 to the, 12 of those on if they live those every day, that those are the things that people would say. And if people walked up and read their tombstone, they would look at it and go, yep, that is Ford Taylor, that is Andy Mason. And so as they did that, and they started writing their uh, vision statement, you know, where are they going? What do they want to accomplish? And then their purpose statement, why do I want to do that? And then what we call the mission statement is what am I willing to do that others may not be willing to do to accomplish that? Well, then the third step in the process, or actually seven, eight, and nine, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, is to write some clear objectives, strategies, and action steps to accelerate you towards that. Well, as we broke those into the four quadrants that we teach, which is family and friends, uh, another quadrant is your work life or your income-producing life, however you want to call it. And the, uh, another quadrant is your health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And then the fourth quadrant is your community, where do you give your time, your resources with you know, no income, and, and try to show people how to be balanced in those four areas. Not equal, but balanced. But the thing that just kept popping up to the top of everybody's VP Mosa and eulogy is they broke it into their objectives was the, the teaching that we did on marriage uh, was just some eye-opening and a lot of tears and, and you know, we want to go home and, and be better husbands. And, you know, for me, that was the highlight of the week is to see all those men. You know, I love to fish. So if there's a bigger highlight than fishing, uh, you know, to see those men say, we are committed, we will go home and have better marriages and families than we've ever had. So that was encouraging. Yeah, and definitely there was hearing people saying for the first time in their life, they never thought of, you know, starting with the end in mind, of writing what would I want said at my funeral? What would I want my wife to say? What would I want my children to say? And and some people deeply, deeply impacted. I mean, we have business people that were in their 20s through to business people in their 60s on this, on this group, possibly one older than that. And some very mixed from the, you know, the energy industry through to kitchen industry, uh, through to finance and construction. So huge range. And but this theme of all of them saying, how, how do I be a better husband or how do I be a better dad? And how do I connect or how do I lead my employees better? So, Ford, what was the what was the keys that you gave that really, really helped people in that process? Well, I think one of the things that helped, Andy, is, you know, I was raised, in my, and Sandra was raised in a denomination in church, both of us in our whole lives in church, uh, that the Bible says that, you know, wives submit to your husbands, period. <laughs> and, you know, husbands love your wives because you're her head, period. And so we both went to a denomination that stopped there. And when my marriage got messed up, I, I decided to go read God's Word and see what it says for itself. And for myself and it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ it says for wives submit to your husband as you do to the Lord for he is your head as Christ is the head of the church and he laid down his life for her and all of a sudden my perspective changed and then it said husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church and he died for her which is very different than 
you're the head, like with your thumb on top of your wife, and you submit to whatever he says. It, it's almost inverted. It's almost backwards. And as we were sharing that teaching, of course, you, and we just went all the way through it and explained, you know, what it looked like, how to love your wives, um, and, and, and how to do that through the love languages and, and, and being sure that they are secure in you and that you're always going to be there. And I think a lot of them had never really heard the teaching uh, you know, from God's Word that way. A lot of them had only heard, you're, you're the head of the house, period, and your wife's supposed to submit to everything. And, and I just don't believe that's at all what the Bible says. And, and just so you know, my mom even tells me still, God's going to judge you for this teaching. So I know what I think I learned in church, I learned. I don't question that. But I also know when I unlearned it, uh, you know, when I confessed to Sandra what I had done, and, and I told her, I'll do anything it takes to be with you the rest of our lives. And I don't care what you ask, I'm going to do it. And, um, and, and it was amazing how little she asked. I mean, but it, it just made a huge difference when I realized that to love your wife as Jesus loved the church. Oh, by the way, he laid down his life for her. He died for her. And it says he did this to make her holy and clean and washed in baptism in God's word so that she would present herself to him as a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. And Andy, it's funny that right before we got on here, I got this text from my youngest daughter because while we were on this trip, Sandra, my wife, took the girls to a trip to Utah. And so she sent me a picture of my wife and look what it says. Read it. Read the text that my daughter sent me with a picture of my wife. So it's a beautiful picture of his wife. And it says, look at your cutie wife in the nice background, you lucky man. So, you know, it's fun to, you know, when your children see that kind of marriage, you know, and when they say, mom, dad, get a room. I mean, when they're in high school and I, I tell them, you know, I want you to be hearing that from your children one day. I want you to truly learn to love your husbands. I have three daughters the way I love your mother. Uh, you know, unconditionally, unending, and, and, that, and that she showed that love for me. And I just, I just don't think these men, most of them, had ever heard the teaching that, you know, the, the wife submits to the husband that loves her by dying for her. And, you know, I get people all over the world when they see, you know, Sandra's Facebook posts, like on our anniversaries and my birthday and different things that say, you know, I'd pay a ton of money just to get my wife to say that to me one time. Well, and I say to them, then die for her. Yeah. And I, I don't even think I'm that great at it, but I really, really do try. And so I think that was the, the, the big feedback throughout after that. The, the next couple of days, it was pretty constant. People were showing me their phones on what they were te texting their wives and how they and their wives were looking forward to to really going after this a new way. So, yeah, very yeah. encouraging. So wife saying, man, you need to go to more trips like this. <laughs> That's true. They did say that. That was good. And yeah. I, I mean, I think this whole message of, we had a funeral. We had a bunch of men that they were at the center of their lives, whether that's marriage, business, whatever it was. And Jesus says, if you're serious about following me, then it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. So the life you now live in the flesh, you live by faith, in the Son of God who loves you and gave himself for you. And, and likewise, we love one another, just not just as we love ourselves, but as Christ loved us. And he set the standard, he laid his life down. So the surrender, but I think there's one story that you told of walking through vision, purpose, mission, 
with a couple going through a divorce. And we actually had uh, you know, people on this trip that were starting to use that word. And the, the, one of the highlights for me was one of those people getting to the end of the trip and saying, you know, I'm taking that word off the table. That's profound. But tell us the story about the couple that were in process of divorce and they got sent to you and what happened. Yeah, you know, so one of my clients, um, I've coached a number, you know, I've consulted with them, but I've also coached a number of their executives. And the CEO asked, told me that one of their executives was not performing well at work. And the main reason is because their marriage was messed up. And so the CEO offered to pay uh, for the executive and his wife to see me on a regular basis. And, and so I agreed to do that. And in the first meeting, uh, you know, he had confessed to his wife that he had cheated on her. And in the first meeting, all his wife kept saying was, I, I will never forgive my husband. There's no way we can stay married. I mean, these are the words that she just said over and over again. And, and, I, and I was just listening, you know, and she kept telling me, I'm not interested in your Jesus. And, and, you know, after I listened for a while, I said, you know what? I get it. You don't have to stay married. Uh, it's completely your choice. But, but while you're making that decision, let's try something, you know, do you want to be married and have a really good marriage? They both said, yes. I said, then I want you to, between now, when we get together next week, I want you to go and write your marriage tombstone. I want you to imagine that you and whoever your new husband or your new wife is, you, you got killed in a car accident at the same time. You got buried next to each other. What would you want the tombstone to say about your marriage? I said, when you get that, I want you to just write a eulogy of what you want your children to say about your marriage and then write down some values. So the next week, got back on Zoom and they shared all that with me. And, 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 and of course, when they started sharing the values, honesty and integrity, he will never know how to be honest. I mean, she just, she just kept going. Hurting, yeah. And I just kept saying, you know, this is not, this isn't about necessarily you and him. This is about the marriage you want. And, and they, so they went through it all. I said, now, between now and next week, uh, I want you to write down what vision, purpose, and mission you would have for a marriage that you would want to have, no matter who it is, what do you want? But I want you to do this together. And they came back with the most, I mean, I probably could sell their BP most. I mean, it's just like off the chart. Uh, and they came back with but, that. Uh, context, she's writing this, not to do this with him, but for the marriage that she wants. Right, so whoever it's with, this is why we're doing it. This is the kind of marriage we want. So we got back together and I said, okay, now next time I want you to write some clear objective strategies and action plans on what it would take to have that kind of marriage and, and here's some homework. And I give them a few things to do. I want you to affirm each other once a day. At night, I just want you to ask each other and listen how your day went and ask how can I serve you tomorrow. I mean, let's practice for this new marriage. I mean, let's get some practice under our belt. So whoever you're married to, you, you know the things to do. And, and I said, look, I know you're not interested in faith. So, you know, if you want to meditate, whatever you want to call it, but just close your eyes together and do a little prayer. I mean, however you want to do it. But, and so they went home and they did all that homework and they came back the next week. And, and so going into the fourth week, I said, you know, we're going to be in your city next time. And I asked her, I said, would you like to have some time with Sandra where you can ask her questions about how she got through this? And she said, I would love that. So, so we're going into our fourth session, but this time it's going to be live. And we go in and we go over their objective strategies and action plans. We're checking on how the homework's going. And, and I said, you know, Sandra's here. She's ready when you're ready. And 
just let us know. Do you want me with you? Just want to talk to Sandra alone, whatever you want. And she looked at me and she said, I don't need to talk to Sandra. Now, when she said that, for all I knew, she was going to get up and walk out and we were done. I mean, you just don't know, right? But she did get up, but she didn't walk out. Uh, She went over and she literally got on her knees and she put her hands on her husband's feet and she looked at him and she said, today I choose to forgive you. She said, this tombstone, this vision, this is the marriage I want. And I've noticed over these last three or four weeks, if we do these things, I want it to be with you. So today... I choose to forgive you. I love you. And they and I was trying to get out of the office. I mean, I was sitting there trying. I was fighting back was the tears. So They're both. It was just the real deal. And they just wept together and told each other they loved each other. And he thanked her. And I said, now, before we finish, I want you to look him in the eye straight up and say, but if you ever do this again, I'll either kill you or I'll divorce you. Now, of course, I would not want her to do that. But she did. She told him that. He goes, I got it. Uh, but it was a beautiful thing. And, and, and Andy, the fun part for me is we, Sandra and I saw them at an event a few weeks later. And uh, everybody's probably hearing the background noise at the airport. That's what I love about doing these with you. You just get, you just get it done wherever you are. It's the messy intersection. This is wherever we are. It's life. It's wherever the mess is. That's where we seem to show up. But anyway, we saw them in Sandra looked at her and looked at me and just said, I, you know, she's a beautiful lady, but boy, I've never seen her look more beautiful because her whole countenance had changed yeah. and it was just a wonderful thing. So just the simplicity of thinking we're on a business trip and it ends up talking about relationships and marriage, not just that, but how to repair them was just outstanding. An adventure retreat, catching tons of fish. You came back with two big boxes of fish heading home. Uh, we didn't because... I'd rather switch it out for beef. But that's okay. I will catch them. You can take them home. Well, but, Andy, I'm in Texas. I got plenty of beef. Okay, you know? okay, okay. So I'm yeah. a, you know, this is, goes with the beef. The so fish, no. we just had this wonderful, wonderful time and this simplicity of pausing, taking some time to be still, connect with people, others like you, and then reassess, where am I going with my life? Where do I want it to end? Start with the end in mind. Now work out those things. What do I want the end of my life to say? Those most important people in my life, what do I want them to say about my life? Now, if if you've been listening to this and you think, man, this is amazing, but I want some more, grab a hold of Ford's book. It's called Relational Leadership by Ford Taylor. You'll find that on Amazon. You'll find that on Ford's website, which is called? Well, we got a couple of them, transformlead.com or FordTaylorTalks.com. As you know, we started a podcast and you have to have a place, so that's where we put it. Uh, you can get it off Amazon, but if you get it off, uh, honestly, if you get it off our website, I make more money on it, so I'd appreciate that. Plus, if you buy them in volume, you can get discounts and stuff. So either one of those places is a good place to get the book. And also, he has a, a transformational leadership, that course that he walks through. You can actually do it online. So Ford, if I want to jump up and find out more about your course, your online training, which literally walks me through this process, not just me, but my business, uh, whatever I'm leading, I can apply these tools and skills, whether it's profit, for profit, not for profit, I want to make a profit, whatever it is, uh, whatever individual or organization I'm leading, I can apply these principles. Where do I find more about that? Yeah, Andy, just to touch on that, don't you think it was fun that after the men really start talking about their marriage and their family, how the light bulb came on that, you know, if I lay my life down for my employees, 
the same kind of thing happens. I mean, they'll work harder. They'll care. So, so the fun part was once the light bulb comes on in one area, and when we talk to them about, you know, Romans, everything you do is worship. You know, it changes your perspective. You know, how you treat your wife, how you treat your employees, how you drive your car. So when they heard those things and connected it to their VP Mosa, it was just fun. It's just flat out fun to watch. But uh, the name of that website for the course is TL Transformational Leadership, TLOnDemand.com. And if someone happens to sign up for it, there's two ways. One is click on Transformational Leadership, and that'll give you uh, the principles, uh, the teaching, without any scripture and, and my guess is most of our listeners here uh, are people of faith and there's another button you can click called tl alumnus and because a lot of companies use our material uh, they don't necessarily want the faith-based part of it so if you click on tl alumnus you'll get the transformational leadership the basic training and then you'll get more at the end of that that has the scriptural foundation of so much of it. And that's the one that this marriage teaching is in. Because you can't really do this one in the what I call the plain glass, you yeah. know, stained glass, plain glass, the, the the kingdom principles without the scripture, and then the stained glass where we actually put the scripture in with the teaching. So that's a book, Relational Leadership, by Ford Taylor. And you can find out about that, FordTaylorTalks.com. You can listen to that podcast or TLOnDemand.com. If you get stuck with any of that, just email me, andy at heavenandbusiness.com, and I'll point you in that direction. Thanks for listening. We bless your marriage. We bless your business. We bless your relationships. But more importantly, we just bless your connection with Jesus in the midst of all this messy intersection of faith, family, and business.